Hey friends, welcome back. So good to have you here with us, no matter what time of day it is and wherever you are. I hope you're having a great day, morning, evening, afternoon, whatever it is. And when I say peace be with you, I just want to let you know, I mean that. That's not just a kind of a nicety. Uh, that's one of the things that Jesus uh, used to greet his followers. And that's one of the ways that Paul greeted the people in the communities that he had started, that he was writing to. He would start with grace and peace in Christ. And so I love telling people, peace be with you, because no matter what's going on in your life, uh, you are always going to welcome peace. If it's a great day, you're going to say, you know what? Peace is with me, God. Is uh, I can feel his presence. And if you're having a harder day, then we can all use a little bit of peace. So know that I mean that. And I really hope that for all of you listening and watching, uh, that the Lord's peace is with you and in your heart today and always. So this episode is going to be a little shorter than our last couple, and this is probably the, the length we're going to shoot for. We would love to know, though, what you think about this length. Is it just right in that Goldilocks zone? Is it too short? Is it too long? You can email us at podcast at evangelicalcatholic.org, or you can leave a comment in some of the uh, the platforms depending on what you're listening to if you're on spotify you can participate in a survey there we have and of course on youtube you can leave a comment down at the bottom of the video so what we're going to do here is break down what mr orlewski did and pull out some of those universal principles that all of us can use to apply to our own evangelical work and so i hope as you're listening to this you start to think okay where in my life am i called to evangelize and how can i use some of these things because that's really the goal of this uh, production is to help inspire more creative evangelical work for you and your friends so hope you enjoy this one and i'll see you on the other side hello everyone and welcome back to the reach more podcast and happy easter it is still the easter season I think we need to do a better job celebrating all 50 days. So I will be saying happy Easter for the 50 days until Pentecost. And so today we're just going to be doing a debrief of our previous guest, which was Paul Orlewski, and just kind of seeing things that spoke to our hearts and things that caught our attention and things that we can learn from him. And I don't know about you, Dan, but I just really loved hearing him share his story and about his life and the journey he's been on. And some of it was straight out of a soap opera. And it oh, was yeah. just pretty epic to to hear. So it's so in case you didn't listen to that one yet, just for hearing about how Prince's bodyguard punched him, it's worth going back and listening <laughs> to. Like I, that's my little that's like it's not quite clickbait because it's uh, in an audio format, but we'll call it like listen bait. Like yeah. just go ahead and, and uh um hit download on that. And while you're at it, subscribe to this, whatever you're listening to it on, whether it's YouTube. But um <laughs> Yeah, his his story was great. So uh, if you missed it, uh, Paul was a investigator in the inner, investigative journalist in the inner city. So he worked in news media, and I mean, he had some like he had tipsters who were like he had a limo driver who was a tipster who would tell him like, okay, this celebrity is going to go here at this time. This is where you want to go and find out. And that like that opened it's my really eyes. Really good like, connections. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like that that gentleman knows how to how to form relationships. Uh so that probably is is actually coming in real handy with evangelization. Um but it was uh it was really fun and really entertaining to listen to. Um and uh I would say um you know, he he didn't really talk about he kind of alluded to he's like, you know, I was never like the perfect Catholic. Those aren't those are my words, not his. But at one point he said, Dan, you're making me sound holier than I actually am, because I uh, I think that was when I pointed out, like, oh, you're you're doing this, man. You're being faithful. You're mm -hmm. you're leading a, a small group Bible study mm -hmm. and inviting people into it. 
And he was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect. It's like, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, that's the point. None of us yeah. are. And yeah. um, there's, the, there's a scripture passage I referenced that um, Jesus says this. He says this parable, a father had two sons and he said to one, come and work with me in the field. And the son said, yes, but then never, never went. And then to mm-hmm. the other son, he said, come and work with me in the field. And the son said, no, but then ended up what? going anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. which of the two sons did the father's will? So it's like, it's better, obviously, it's better to say yes and then go do it. But yeah. <laughs> there's no merit in saying yes sure. and not showing up. That's overpromise, underdeliver. Yeah. It's better yeah. to 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 underpromise and overdeliver if you're going to choose between those two things. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. And that one, thought, that's kind of stuck with me. Yeah, I thought it was really beautiful. And I think sometimes, I mean, and obviously, he did not share details except for, you know, some little stories like Prince's Bodyguard. But mm-hmm. um I can only imagine the things that he's seen and I can only imagine situations he's been in and I can only imagine just like, that's a lot to process um, on multiple levels, like emotionally, psychologically, physically. Yeah, yeah. like that's like a lot to process. And I think sometimes when you've seen a lot and when you've been in difficult situations, the thought of like, God can work through me too, is just so like, wait huh like (laughs) like what and and that i think those are like little hesitations that we were hearing from him but he was such a beaut like what a gift to to see that you know he he mentioned some hesitations he was like you know i've had hesitations to pray and i've had hesitations to pray out loud and i've doubted and um like that that message that really changed him when the bishop said like don't be afraid of god yeah uh, which was really transformative of him and and i think I think it's all a little bit connected and I don't want to assume anything about his life, but so I'm just going to talk in general because I don't know about him, but I think sometimes because of different things we've been through, we can think, well, God can't do this through me. Or if people knew, you know, I could never be a holy man, right? Like I can never be a holy woman. And, and, and seeing it that way. And it's like, absolutely not. The Lord can work. And sometimes the Lord can work in an even more special way because of the things that we've been through and the things that we've seen. And and what a gift to be able to like, okay, I'm not afraid of the Lord. I, I see him, I see his love, I see his mercy. And and I want to be able to accept that invitation to to be first, to accept his love and to accept the things that he's doing in our hearts. And then to accept being an instrument and to go out and do the things that he's been doing. And what a gift to to hear his story and the the power of, of the things that the Lord has done th- through him. Yeah. Yeah. Like going back to that quote from the bishop, he, uh, in case you missed it, here's the context of it. This was his bishop's last mass, I think, or, or he was close mm-hmm. to retiring. So it was his last Easter mass, I believe. And he said, if you remember nothing from my time as bishop, I hope you remember this, never be afraid of God. And mm-hmm. that really, I mean, that struck me. Like I had one of those moments where it was like, oh, wow, how many ways am I in a, in a small, subtle way, afraid of God and, and, mm-hmm. um, don't trust in his mercy. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was just reaffirming for me. Uh, and it's a, a, that's inspiration and motivation for me to evangelize, which is to say, like, I don't, I don't need to be afraid that God will abandon me. Right. That, yeah. that I'm, you know, if I'm trying to do his will, that he will not provide what I need. Um, then, um, a couple other things that he, he, talked about um was in his uh, his small group um he was willing to kind of i don't want to say like 
put somebody in in their place, but just remind somebody, I think he had somebody who liked to share a lot or maybe talked over mm-hmm. people. Um, but being willing to, to go one-on-one with that person and, uh, in, in a, you know, the appropriate way, which is always yeah. going to be kind of dictated by that relationship, ask them not to be so dominant so that other people could enjoy it as well. So it's, yeah. if you're, if you're leading a Bible study, if you're leading some kind of ministry, don't be afraid to, uh, to encourage others or to ask others to let other people share. And one, mm-hmm. maybe a gentle way of doing that would be to say, um, Hey, you know, I noticed that, that we have a couple of members who, who don't share a lot. And so one of the things that I would like to try and I wanted to ask your help with was, um, when we ask a question or wait for somebody to respond, even if it feels uncomfortable, let's just continue to allow that space and that silence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to give people an opportunity to, to put their thoughts together. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause for a lot of people, that's what they're doing. I mean, they're, they're thinking of the right way to say their question mm-hmm. and they're just not quite ready when you first ask, oh, hey, who wants to share? They need a little bit more time. And so let's create yeah. space there. And for some people, that's hard. That's I'm a very type A personality. So when I first started getting into ministry, like learning that silence is okay, like it's still like, <laughs> I don't do well with it, but I've learned it's so important and embrace it. And it, God is working and it's okay. Right. And yeah. so even to be able to tell it to other people, I think it's really good. And and again, like, yeah, absolutely. It's for him to be bold and to say, these are the things that I've noticed. And, you know, can we shift a little bit or can we challenge each other? Right. And not just put it on them, but can we challenge each other to to do this and to allow the Lord to work? So, yeah, it's really beautiful. The well, before I, I go, was there anything that that uh, anything else that really stood out to you? Yeah, I think two things. One um, he had started that group, like the men's group after mass and the, mm-hmm. the wife that was like, what are you doing? I have a husband, husband go. And I was like, <laughs> I was dying laughing with that because I was like, one, like there's the feminine genius right there. Um, but it's this aspect of the curiosity that like you're doing something that other people are noticing mm-hmm. and that other people desire and everyone desires to be in community and to have that kind of fellowship. And so for the wife to be a little bit bold, um, Mm -hmm. yes, but I mean, and we joke around like the husband, like she sent her husband, but he said yes. And, you know, obviously like she's not going to force him to do anything, but, and he's been a part of the group and like faithfully and and growing and enjoying it. And the wife's not even in the group. Right. So I just, (laughs) again, the power of invitation and the power of, stepping out a little bit out of our comfort zone to see mm-hmm. what the Lord is doing. And when you have hesitations and when you have different things that are struggling or that are difficult to be bold enough to just jump in and to not hesitate and to, to work. I mean, you could tell that he was doing things that were a little bit out of his comfort zone at first and look at the fruits of his, of his apostolate, like look at the, yeah. the fruits of what he's doing and the relationships that he has built and the things that the Lord has done in his life is doing and can, will continue to do, I think is just really cool to, to see. So it was, yeah. it was awesome to just hear his story. Yeah, it was, it was very enjoyable. He was a, I mean, a great, great conversationalist. So I could, I could see it being a ton of fun just to sit down with Paul. And oh, so Paul, wow. if you're listening, thanks for joining us, man. We had, we had so much fun. Um, g- going back to the wife, uh, strong arming her husband into attending the group, um, that's a, a, a good model for recruitment and not to say that, 
Like I, I want people to go freely and of their own accord. And I'm sure yeah, the husband like, at the end of the day did go, did go freely. <laughs> um, but when I remember I was planning a men's conference once mm-hmm. when I was working in, in diocesan ministry and we intentionally reached out to women's ministries uh, to ask them to invite their husbands mm-hmm. to attend the conference. And you know, part of it is just understanding like who keeps the calendar. Yeah. And like there are families where the the one spouse will keep the calendar for the whole family. And, you know, one member will ask the like one. I'm not saying it's always the wife who keeps the calendar and it's always yeah. the husband who doesn't. Um, but let's just say if that were the case. Right. And the husband said to the wife, hey, you know, what am I what am I doing this Saturday? Am I free? Uh, she might say, oh, no, remember, I reminded you seven times in the last week that we're going to my, you know, my mom's house or something. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. some people just need that. And, you know, if a wife sees it, she and might I will say, say, it's not always the wife. So this past weekend, I saw a situation yeah. that it was the husband trying to convince the wife to go on a retreat. And he was like, you need to go. It's awesome. And it was hilarious because she he looked at her. She's like, you don't have anything going on on Saturday. I know your calendar. I know your schedule. You're available. And I was like, Dying. that's funny. That like, is what? too funny. Thank you. Yeah. So it's not always the women. I mean, right. a lot of times right. it is, but it's not. Yeah. Men. Yeah. Yeah. See, so, see you. That's it. yeah. Um, so if you are, let's say you're trying to get people to join a group that you are leading, um, consider who might know the audience that you want to attract. Like personal invitation is always king. And that means a lot. And people are, you know, if they say yes to an invitation from you, I think they're more invested. Mm-hmm. Um, but other times, especially big stuff. I mean, if you're just trying to get the word out and get a bunch of people to show up to something so that they could hear another invitation, then, um, you know, yeah, reach out to their parents, reach out to their spouses, their boyfriends or girlfriends, whoever, because those people might have a, a an angle that you don't. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I, I loved was hearing about Paul's willingness to pray more openly and spontaneously mm-hmm. with people. And I think he, he acknowledged like when he started the only th- about the only thing he felt comfortable with was a memorized prayer. Um, and I think he said something like this. Um, don't just say your prayers, pray your prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he realized at some point there was a switch that, that uh, flipped for him. And that if he's just saying words, but not thinking about their meaning, and he doesn't mean their meaning, right, then is that really praying? And I don't want to say it's not because there's, there's some people who might say, well, like, that's what I do. And that it's hard for me to focus on that. And yeah, like, it's showing up again, like the son who just showed up, even though he said no, that's key. And that's important. But the the more f- the more fully we can understand what we're saying and direct that not to like outer space, but to mm-hmm. the the three persons of the Trinity then that's more communal. That's more relational. Absolutely. Um, well, well, Dan, that was great. And it was just yeah. awesome to hear that story. And I look forward to hearing again and having our next guest and just debriefing. I love the simplicity of what we're doing here. We're just talking to people and then talking about how it's impacting us. And so hopefully you as a listener can listen to this and see that, you know, God, God can work through you and he can work in beautiful ways. So I look Indeed. forward to hearing you next time. And until then, please know of our prayers. 
Well, there you have it. There's our first breakdown from our interview with Paul Orluski. And if you haven't yet watched that, go back. He is really, really interesting. Fun to, it was fun to talk to, fun to listen to. Just his stories from decades of inner city investigative journalism, as he described it. He has some really, really fascinating uh, takes on life just because he was really in the nitty gritty of some of the stuff that most people just never get close to. And of course, what we really wanted to do with this was draw out these universal principles that we can all apply to our own apostolic work in evangelization and sharing the good news of Jesus. So uh, the takeaway and the, the uh, I'd say the invitation for you is to think about this week, how can I share the gospel of Jesus better? Uh, is it listening to someone more? Is it being willing to invite somebody to a Bible study? Is it being willing to invite somebody over for lunch or for coffee or out to coffee so that you can get to know them better? Whatever it is, uh, ask Jesus to reveal that to you. And then I encourage you, I invite you, act upon it. Thanks so much. God bless you. Have a great week and can't wait to be back with you here next time. Peace.